That was good. So appropriate. Our scripture this morning is from Joshua, chapter 3, verses 7 through 17. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, come to rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Sarathon, while those flowing towards the sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho, while all Israel were crossing over on dry ground. The priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finish crossing over the Jordan. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you for being able to worship your name, for being able, O oh Lord, to get together to celebrate the lives of those who have gone before us. And of recognizing, O oh Lord, today that our faith is in great part to those who have come before us. We ask now, O oh Lord, that you will speak to us, O oh Lord, through this word. Help us to receive it, understand it, and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Israelites had come to the Jordan during the time of harvest when the river overflows all its banks. If you had to pick a time to cross the river, this is the worst possible time. Right when the river is overflooding its banks, right when the river is at its highest peak, right when the river is the most difficult to cross, is when the Israelites were called by God to cross the Jordan River to enter into the Promised Land. This wasn't the first time that God had asked them to cross 
something difficult. We know from the story of the Israelites that when they were freed from Egypt, they had a similar experience when they came to the Red Sea. They had the Red Sea before them, the Pharaoh behind them with his chariots, and the only way that they were going to escape was if God made a way for them to cross. How many times have we come to a time of testing where we have to cross something and it feels like the worst time in the world and we go, really, Lord? Now? Really, Lord, in this moment? Really, Lord, with everything else that is going on, this just feels like the worst time, Lord? Am I the only one that says that? Because, you know, it's an experience that I've had often. When you get to that time when God wants you to cross and you look at everything from a human standpoint and from a human point of view and you start going, well, the river's at the highest. It's overflowing its banks. We don't have any boats. We don't have a bridge. Can we, can we pick another time? Can we just chill for a few months, let the river go down? We'll cross later. You know, I imagine that there was people in the group that were going, you know, we should just head back to Egypt. They don't have rivers to cross over there. They don't have these difficulties. We'll just go back. There was people there that were going, let's just wait. Let's come up with plan B and plan C and plan D. But God wanted them to cross. So our scripture begins with the Lord telling Joshua that not only he needs to cross, but he's going to cross. Tell him, this is what you're going to do. I want the people to know that I am with you as I was with Moses, so I'm going to give you instructions, because that's what I did with Moses, and you're going to tell those instructions to the people. And they need to follow those instructions, and they're going to see what's going to happen. I wouldn't have wanted to be in Joshua's shoes. Can you imagine having to take the place of Moses and everybody looking at you and saying, what are you going to do for us? Moses sent plagues to Pharaoh so we could be out of slavery. He split the Red Sea so we could flee Pharaoh. When we got hungry, he prayed to the Lord and the Lord made it rain bread. When we complained that bread wasn't enough, he made it rain birds. I mean, what do you have, Joshua? Who are you? And what are you going to do for us? I wouldn't have wanted to be in his shoes when he had to tell the people that they were going to cross the river at the worst possible time. But that's exactly what God told him to do. Go tell the people what they are to do. It was almost like God needed the worst possible scenario and conditions to show his power to his people. Have you ever noticed that whenever we are going through the most difficult times, it seems like God is the closest to us? That he shows up in a mighty way when we think there's no way forward. It was almost like God said, okay, we're going to make sure that everything is as impossible as possible, and then I'm going to show you how to do it. 
God told Joshua, we're not looking for a narrow place to cross. We're not building a bridge. We're not using boats. We're not swimming across. We're not coming up with clever ways to carry all of your belongings over the river. We're going to go and walk straight through it. You're going to go and walk straight through it. When God wants to do something, it doesn't have to make sense to us. It doesn't have to follow our logic. It doesn't necessarily even have to make sense to us. We just need to learn that if God wants to do it, he knows the best way to do it, and we just need to be obedient to his call. When we are brought to a time of testing, God always provides a way through. He always says that he'll be there with us. Now let's think about this. If they had come up with a clever way to cross the river, if they had come up with some great barges to carry all their stuff, they would have reached the other side and everybody would have been high-fiving and congratulating each other for how clever and smart and astute they were. They would have given themselves the glory for crossing that river, and they would have proclaimed that they did it themselves. But the way that God provided left no room for boasting except in the Lord, because the Lord alone was going to do it. They weren't doing anything but being obedient. Joshua gathered the people and gave them the instructions based on what God had told them. They were to select 12 men, one from each tribe. They were going to have the priest carry the Ark of the Covenant before the people into the Jordan. And when the feet of the priest bearing the Ark were dipped in the edge of the waters, the waters would stop flowing. Not a moment before. That's hard for us because we want the waters to stop before we ever set foot in the, in the river. We want the way to be nice and dry and smooth and everything to be all laid out and for God to tell us how we're going to get from this side to that side before we take the first step. But the waters don't get pulled back until we dip our feet into the water. Now I want you to put yourself in the place of one of these priests, you're handling the Ark of the Covenant. This thing is not light. And you're about to go into a river that's overflowing its banks. And you have to carry this thing and believe that once you step into the river, it's going to stop flowing. And you are going, uh, can we talk about this a little bit? Because if the river washes away the Ark of the Covenant with us, it's not going to be good. We're going to look like fools. We're going to, it's going to be crazy. Can you imagine the Ark of the Covenant going down the Jordan River? We're going to be the laughingstock of the whole promised land. Let's talk about this. How many times does God give us instructions and we, we want to second guess and say, no, no, that doesn't sound logical. Let's do it my way. Let's change it up. I really don't like your plan. Let's come up with plan B and C and D. And let's try one of those. Walking by faith and not by sight requires us to believe God will make a way before we see the way there. 
And that is hard. Because it means that we are trusting and believing God's word before anything in our circumstances has changed one bit. The priest had to step into the water and get their feet wet before God did anything at all. What is God asking us to walk through? What is his will so that we will move forward? Well, we know that he says if you follow his will, he will make a way where there is no way. And I can't tell you how many things that applies for to in our life as a church. With everything going on, how many times has there been no way forward and God has made a way? How many times has this church faced financially daunting circumstances and God just said, just trust, put the pots out like he said in one of her things and, and let me fill them. Trust in me and I will provide. How many times have we looked at the situation from a human point of view and said, oh, there's no hope. There's no way. And then God shows up. And all of a sudden, where there was no way, there is a way now. The priest had to do what they were told. They had to step into the water. And notice that they didn't just run straight to the other side. They had to walk to the middle of the Jordan. As the waters parted, they went all the way to the middle, and they had to stand firm in the middle of the river, in the riverbed. And I just want you to picture this. There's heaps of water upstream that you can see piling up. And you are standing there. And I bet you the enemy was going, run, get out of the river. It's going to come down any moment. You can't trust it. Forget everybody else. Save yourself. Run. They had to stand firm and stand their ground Imagine how much faith it took to just to stand there in the middle of the riverbed. Fishies in the water next to you. I mean, I just can't imagine it. Standing in the gap for someone who needs to cross is godly work. It is God's work when we stand in the gap for somebody, for a friend, for a family member, even for a total stranger, because at times we're called to stand in the gap for somebody who needs to cross something very difficult. It might be an illness. It might be addiction. It might be a problem. It might be a family situation. And they don't see a way through it. And they need somebody to just stand in the gap and say, you're going to make it. God is going to be with you. Trust in God. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Have you ever crossed one of those long rope bridges that spans a canyon like we showed the kids? Those were short ones. Have you seen those really, really long ones that look like they're swaying in the wind whenever the wind comes? If you're ever going to cross one of those bridges, somebody always has to go first. And you always have that friend 
that goes to the middle of that bridge and starts jumping up and down on it to show you that it's going to hold you. You got that friend of yours that it's, you consider your crazy friend who goes up there and says, look, it's going to hold. Come on, you can do it. Jumping up and down and you're going, oh, I don't know about this. But everybody needs somebody to go first. Everybody needs somebody to make the path, prepare the path so you can cross over. But crossing over is not easy. Because the minute we know we have to cross over, fear and doubt and concern assail us. And before we know it, we are second-guessing the plan. And we just need somebody to stand in the gap and say, we're going to make it. Come, I'll go alongside you. I'll hold your hand. Let's cross together. There are people in our lives that just need somebody to encourage them in their faith. To tell them that God is really there for them. And that God will not leave them stranded. But crossing over is a process, folks. It's not a run across, like I was telling the kids with the road. It's not let's hurry up and go through it. It's a stepping out in faith, standing in the gap for as long as is needed so that everybody makes it to the other side. Not crossing is not an option. You know why? Because on the other side is the promise of God. On the other side is the blessing of God. It wasn't an option for the Israelites when they were fleeing Egypt. Because on the other side was their freedom to worship God as they pleased and to find their way to the promised land. When they were crossing the Jordan, it wasn't a choice either because God had told them, this is the land I'm going to give you, but in order for you to possess it, you've got to cross this river. You can't get it otherwise. You've got to cross. You can't stay on this side and receive all that God has for you. There's blessing in crossing over. Joshua told the Israelites that God would indeed drive out all their enemies from the land to make a place for them. That he would give them the land. And if you keep reading the story, you know what happened. They crossed over at where? Jericho. Anybody know Jericho's story? They didn't lift a, a finger in terms of war. They just marched around the city seven times and God just... Gave them victory. When we are obedient to God and we follow his commandments in our lives and we are willing to cross over whatever canyon, whatever difficulty is in our path, it is God who delivers the victory and God who gets us to where we need to go. But nothing would have happened if they had not been willing to cross. They had to step in faith before they saw the path. They had to step in faith before God had done anything, and they had to believe that God would do it. Notice that when God makes a way, no man or woman or principality or power can stop it. There is no stopping God. We're reading in Revelations about the battle against God, and it, God shows up, and it's over. There's no battle because God is God. 
And when he makes a way for you to move forward, nothing can stop it. If God has opened a way, it was dry ground. It wasn't mushy. It wasn't wet. It wasn't damp. It wasn't soggy. It wasn't getting their feet stuck. It was dry ground for them to cross. Only God can do that. Have you ever removed water from something, from ground that was wet and, and seen it become dry? It takes a long time, especially if it's been soaked in it. But who are we dealing with? God, who made the ground and made the water and made everything around us, and everything is still supported by him in, in Christ. They crossed on dry ground. And the scripture says that those priests had to stay there in the middle of the river until the last person had crossed over the river. What do you need to cross today? And are you ready to dip your feet in the water and trust that God's going to make a way for you to cross? Can you walk by faith and not by sight, not seeing the result yet, but knowing that it's coming? If God says he is with you, none can stand against you. The Israelites struggled with this. God had done so much for them. He had had them walk through the Red Sea, and they come to a river, and they thought this was hard. Think about that. If God has brought you this far, he's going to continue to make a way. When we trust God in our ways, we'll be able to cross over our difficulties. And when we trust him with our lives, he will take us to the promised land. God's wisdom is always better than our own. And he always has a more excellent way. So whenever you think you have a better plan, reconsider and do it God's way. It might not make sense to you, but I promise you, when you see what God has in store for you ahead, you will give him the glory because he's the one that brought you this far. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this word. I thank you for encouraging us in our faith as we cross over difficulties, over trials and temptations. I thank you because you promised never to leave us and even though, oh Lord, uh, we, sometimes we don't understand how the way forward is going to be coming about, we know that you have plans for each and every one of us. You have plans for our church. You have plans for our families. You have plans for our youth and our children. You have plans for everyone in this church. And so we just ask, oh Lord, that we will continue to walk in faith, trusting, oh Lord, that every path you make for us is a good path to take. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If there's anything that you're crossing and you just need encouragement, the altar is going to be open. We want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We want to stand in the gap with you. And uh, we're going to have a testimony because we, we, need, we need that encouragement. Where is the uh, handheld? It says in scripture, if we don't cry out with praise, that the rocks themselves will cry out. Mm -hmm. As you know, for three years I've been 
struggled with my thyroid issues. I'd had my thyroid out April 2020. Back in June, I had a mass taken out. I probably had more uh, radioactive iodine. I'm surprised I could, you know, couldn't rip myself out as a, a neon sign at night. It was that much. But come to find out, I was radioactive iodine resistant. And this past Friday, two days ago, I was scheduled to have a full body PET scan. My doctor said, well, we think we've got it out. Let's, you know, let's see what the PET scan says. Yesterday morning, I, I woke up and I looked at my chart and I thought, I want to wait. I don't want to get my hopes up again, you know, and be dashed again after three years. My message from my doctor was this. John, your PET scan looks great. No evidence of disease. And last thyroid was five. See you in one year, same day ultrasound. The office will schedule the appointment. It's over. It's over. But I want to thank every one of you that prayed for me. And I want to give someone in North Carolina some hope right now. The battle is not over. He's still fighting. Continue to pray for Jim, for Jimmy. He's going to win this battle like I won this. But the battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. And he won this for me. He got to the doctor's hands. He told them to take this mass out. And I stand here today as a man that's healed of this. I won't live forever as none of us will. This is the best news I've had in a long time. One day it may not be good news. But today or yesterday was good news. And this world has gone insane. Absolutely insane. We have good news today. I have good news. Be encouraged. God, this, this sermon today was for me. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Keep going. Keep going. Whatever, you, whatever you're going through, keep going. Jimmy, keep going. You're going to do it. I, I, many times I thought, I can't keep doing this. The last time I was on my medication, off of it for five weeks. I was on a diet. I was eating cardboard for five weeks. Every time I did this, every six to eight months, I'd have to be away from people like a leper because of the radioactive iodine. I couldn't, you know, be exposed to people. And I thought, well, this is just another letdown on Friday. I was just scared. I thought, well, okay. I know I, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting. But is it really going to happen? And when I looked at this, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. He, he helped me. He said, John, I'm giving you a blessing today. I'm giving you a blessing. So, thank you. Say